little paper chase. She say this her cut like a tape of fade. I'm, 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 I'm the bomb grenade. Never perpetrate. This is After Hours Live for the Man K. This is your host, Tay Wiggs. This is your co-host, Mark Senior. Yeah, we back at new threads, you know. Yeah, we're going to step the game up a little sure. bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, Mark Senior, start it off, man. Tell the people what they've been missing out on so far. You know, so the NBA is, is in full swing. You know, we're getting closer to playoff time. Um, yes. So the competition is getting a little, you know, more intense. Teams got to show up. You know, even though more teams get to go to the playoffs, it, it's still a, a fight to get in there. Um, but part of getting in there is having some, you know, some of the best players on your team. And this mm-hmm. year, you know, the MVP race, you know, is heating up. Um, a lot of people is, is just giving it to Nikola Jokic. Uh, but, you know, it's some uh, – it's some – it's some uh, media out there, some fans out there that, that don't believe he's the outright winner of it. Uh, one of which is, you know, a longtime media member in Cleveland, covered the casual, covered LeBron, his whole career, Brian Winhorse. You know, mm-hmm. and I just so happened to be listening to his podcast. Uh, he had a guy uh, from ESPN, a fellow colleague of his, Tim Bontemps. Uh, yeah. You know, and they got in an argument, they got in a debate. Uh, you know, Brian Winhorse believed that LeBron was well ahead before he got hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this, the Tim wasn't going for it. You know, you can tell he's a, uh, he's a guy sticking by his data, uh, and a fan of Nikola Jokic. Uh, but Brian Winhorse was, you know, he kept saying he was, a, he was ashamed of his brethren. Uh, and he, he believed LeBron James was the MVP. So, so who do you, who is your MVP right now, Tay? I mean, right now, to be honest with you, you know, I am a LeBron James fan, but LeBron James missed almost 15 games. So you got to take him out. Most valuable player means I'm available. Always mm-hmm. on time. You know, when you get injured like that, it got knocked off. You know, I had my guy at number three. LeBron James, at first, was the number one pick for me to be the MVP. But definitely, I'm going to go with – I'm going to move Chris Paul in the third okay. spot. I'm going to put him number one. <laughs> okay. I mean, we, I talk, we've been talking about this now all season, right. the stops that Chris Paul made. You said it too, Marcus. From look at the OKC, the OKC Thunder at where they at now. Last year there was a playoff team, right? Right. This year they are the they are the second, the third worst team in their conference. Twenty games up, thirty six down. So you got Chris mm-hmm. Paul right now, forty games up, sixteen down. <laughs> it's the, it's called the effect. It's right. the Chris Paul effect. For and sure. for me, Chris Paul has done nothing but good things for this team. This team mm-hmm. on the road. 17 and 7 at home, astounding 23 and 9. In their last 10 games, they 8 and 2. So mm-hmm. I can see what Chris Paul is going to like. Maybe because he might be a six one point guard, you know, and you know, he, get his he, he is some of my favorite commercial <laughs> state farm. You know, the return of Cliff Paul is back, All right? <laughs> so when you see Cliff Paul is back, that means his sister's going up high. <laughs> he's a pit bull, he's he is what you want in a teammate. Not only is a floor general, he's a coach. Chris yeah. Paul first. Jokic second. Sorry, bro, I got to knock you out. And third, <laughs> and the most person been that that been the most critical, I'm going to say third, I'm going to be honest with you, Donovan Mitchell. Okay. He gets MVP love because the Utah Jazz are 42 games up there. They got the best record in the NBA. And you're looking at this team and what Quinn Snyder has been doing for this team for the last couple of years. Putting guys in a certain role. Who did go bridge yesterday? Ursa Usovia. This guy is still playing. 
He's mm-hmm. not a one-trick pony. He can hit the three. He can play defense. He can do it all. So those are my three guys right there. One, Chris Paul, point guard. Two, Jokic. Number three, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, okay. what else can you say? Yeah, I, I can feel that. You know, so I went, I, I didn't have Chris Paul in, in the list on our last couple of pods, but but I'm thinking he he deserved to be in it. You know, like the effect we talked about. He, he's just like LeBron. I think, as I said it before, he's like LeBron effect. You got LeBron on your team, you're going to the to the chip. You got Chris exactly. Paul on your team. I don't care what your record was last year. You're going to the playoffs. It's like automatic. So I'm going to put Chris Paul in there. I wouldn't have him at one. I would think uh, I, I might – I think even though Jalen B missed a lot of games, his okay. impact since he's been back has been – you know, it's been crazy. Like they beat Brooklyn. You know, they've been on a tear. Like he's been a, a major part of that. So I'm going to say 1A, Jokic, 1B. Joel and B, and then uh, Chris Paul, and then Donovan Mitchell. Okay, okay. I forgot about the big man up there, Joel and B. I mean, but this is the reason I didn't put him up there. I'm taking him down because he's been playing like this for the last couple of seasons, and just for him to have a good coach on his side to understand. As you notice, if you watch the Philadelphia 76ers, he don't shoot that many threes. He's more inside, tacking the paint. Right. And he and he's putting some big man in trouble. I mean, Jonah <laughs> B got the 15-footer. He hit free throws. Yes, he can hit the three. You know what's so crazy? He's, he's an underrated passer, too, as well. He's a big right. man that can pass the ball, too. And he got a nice mm-hmm. little handle for his size. You know? And with the next topic you got, Marcus, on the MVP side, what's the next one? You know, so I, I was just talking about Jonah B. Uh is the Sixers better than the Brooklyn Nets? You know, they've been battling that one and two right now. I think Philly number one. Uh, Philly just beat Brooklyn. Um, right. What was it? So, I can't remember. It was a day this week. You know, Joel B. you know, put up a 30-piece on them. Uh, and they got the dub. Even with, you know, everybody was on the team except Jay, Jay Harden and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. And LaMarcus Aldridge's retirement, I think, is going to be underrated for the Brooklyn Nets. I think he plays a, a huge – he, he's going to play a huge role in a playoff run. So it's, it's two questions. Are the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for real? And what do you think about, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge retiring? I mean, are the Sixers for real? Yeah, they're a real-life team. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I'm going to say about this, about the Sixers team, we still know what that Brooklyn Nets team look at their full capacity. Mm-hmm. I think they only played full together like two or three games out of the season. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I think seven games, um, to be honest with you. The whole thing is we know the playoffs start up next month. I think the 76ers are more the defensive team than anything. We always say defense wins game. But does this 76ers team have enough firepower to go up against the Brooklyn Nets? I don't know about full capacity. I don't know about that. You know, you got you said defense. I know Ben Simmons. He he's trying to get that defensive player of the year. Uh, he can't guard everybody. <laughs> no. And two for the Brooklyn Nets. Who's going to be that guy's going to take the back seat? Somebody going to have to. Somebody going to have to sacrifice. We know KD get buckets. Mm-hmm. You got you got what? You got two scoring champions on your team between KD and James Harden. All right, two scoring champions, two MVPs. Right. And you got you got probably one of the best ball handlers in the NBA. I'm not going to say in NBA history because I still think AI is. 
they they changed the rule because of AI the way he was doing it. But yeah. um, when it comes down to this, this 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 is going to come up against against both teams matchups matchups. Um, and everybody just saying Brooklyn Nets may walk away and run away with the East. They may they may be. But we still forget about that team at that third seed, the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo missed the last three games, last six games, I'm sorry, last six games. And they had a terrible loss last night. But Mike's not talking about them. Mm-hmm. But I believe I believe the Eastern Conference probably is going to be the Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks. The reason I'm not picking okay. the Philadelphia 76ers That's is because okay. I think they're the same team, Marcus. I think they're the same team from last year. Uh, right. I think they still need one of them guys off the bench that give them straight firepower. I'm surprised that Doc Rivers didn't go after Lou Williams in the trade. All right. Lou Williams got his uh his son, Austin Rivers. You know, both both former Clippers. Both exactly. uh I don't know, I can't remember what, what run that was, but they had a playoff run and you know, basically all the starters hurt. Chris Paul was hurt. Uh, Blake Griffin was hurt, and uh, Lou Williams and Austin Rivers kind of, uh, you know, they gave him some playoff wins. I think it was know, 2018. Like, I think it was 2018. And right, and that's what they, with the Philadelphia 76ers was missing. They, somebody to come off the bench that feel like they're a starter and get starter production. And I don't, they got a bunch of guys I, I don't know. It, it, the guy <laughs> off the bench is supposed to be Shake Milton. But right. he, you know, like I said, his dad played. In the NBA, but Shake Milton's just living up to his name. He's shaking things up. Some games he here, some games he not. Like, if they want to win, you got to get more from the bench guys in the playoffs. We know what Joel Embiid can do. We we know what Danny not not Danny Green, but uh, Ben Simmons can do. Yeah, I'm gonna say we know what we yeah, we can go back to we know what Danny Green can do. He's almost it's almost like you turn on the hot water on the wintertime. In Cleveland, mm-hmm. and they, and you turn on and it's still cold. You got waiting like two minutes before a warm up. That's Danny Green. <laughs> so, with him, can that team rise to the case? If he's hitting, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a, that could be a seven game series. But realistically, I'm going to say the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think I, the, I, I think low key. I think the Milwaukee Bucks have a little bit more edge to the 76ers. So you're saying out of the offseason, that's the team that changed. Because Brooklyn, I mean, not Brooklyn, but Philly and Milwaukee, you know, for the past couple of years, they've been you know, the top of the East. And each year, you know, they fall short. Um, and a lot of people say because both both teams it bring back the same team every year. In right. this case, you know, Milwaukee, I think they, you know, with Justin Holiday, I, I think that – I think you're right. I think that does give them over the hump. Um, it just depends on who they've been stuck with, you know, what seed they fall in. If they don't see uh Brooklyn or um Philly in, until the you know the next round, not the opening round, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think that that's that's a setup for success for them. As long as they see him, you know, in, in the second round and up, they'd be all right. But if they see Philly or Brooklyn, if, like, if somehow they fall, you know, into like that four or five range and they see one of them teams early, that's that's gonna spell trouble. I do want to piggyback to Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, playing with a regular okay. heartbeat. For the last couple of seasons, he's not the only player in the NBA who has the irregular heartbeat. I believe Jeff Green also has the right. irregular heartbeat too, because I think he had the uh, open heart surgery. Open well, heart well, surgery, like, right? Like Lamarcus Aldridge. 
the reason why KD got the Marcus Aldridge on the phone, um, well, Marcus Aldridge recruited Kevin Durant to Texas when he was in okay. Texas. So everybody didn't know that. Everybody said, oh, they're trying to buy everybody. No. I think Kevin Durant was doing the due diligence of a favor. You know what? You recruited me to Texas. I'm going to recruit you here to, to the Brooklyn. So before right. everybody saw oh, this, that, 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 third. But, you know, he, is he – like the question is, he's a Hall of Famer. Of course his NBA buddy's going to say that. It's the numbers mm-hmm. there, Marcus, as a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I don't think they are. I, I think he, like, he's short of a Hall of Fame ballot. Um, just, just, I mean, what he did in Portland, like, those are his best number years. Um, you know, he was a double-double guy. He was leading the team. He was making the playoffs. They never made it past the second round. I don't think he's ever made it past the second round in the playoffs. Um, and then you got to think about, like, some of the other bigs who are, like, there but just short. Um, mm-hmm. And past years, you know, you got people like uh, Chris Seawed. Um, mm-hmm. Who else that recently just made it as a big? But the numbers is, like, they just short. Like, he he's a great player, but they just short. But Seawed is making a, the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Um, so I don't want to uh, misconstrue that. It, but what I'm saying is his numbers is significantly better than LaMarcus Aldridge. And he it took him a, a few rounds to make the Hall of Fame. So exactly. he, it took him a few rounds to make the Hall of Fame, even with his Michigan on top of everything, you know, what he did at Michigan for uh, that one year on top of his NBA career. It still took him a few rounds to make the Hall of Fame. And LaMarcus Aldridge is kind of like a, a, I would say, a drop off. I'm, so I'm gonna say he's no too as well because but make you a Hall of Famer. Everybody talk about wings. No, it's no playoffs. Like, yeah. like what game you like? Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge just <laughs> over. People don't realize Lamarcus Aldridge played with Brandon Roy. Brandon mm-hmm. Roy was that guy in the playoffs that would take him over right. the hump with the game winners. When you need that crucial bucket from Lamarcus Aldridge, he never gets that bucket. That's what people are not talking about. Don't say he's a Hall of Famer because that's your peers that you played with him. Let's be honest. Hey, you think LaMarcus Aldridge is a Hall of Famer? I'm like, nah. No, I think I he's think short. So. He's very short. Yep. Like, and like, like what you just said, Brandon Roy. But then when Brandon Roy left, they made the playoffs. Who got him over a hunt? A young dame. A young dame. Another <laughs> right. point guard. So right. you need that bat. You need that big bucket. Right. He don't get it. I'm just speaking facts. Some people are like, man, you crazy, but people up there, people up there in Portland know, in the Rose City, they know, they know what's up. They're going to say, yeah, <laughs> probably, but, you know, let's be honest, he's not a Hall of Fame. Um, moving right along, Marcus, I want to talk about, you know, the Boston Celtics. You know, we everybody's on them hard. It's mm-hmm. like they found a little stride. I see my boy, you know, Kimball Walker, you know, living here in Charlotte. We watched him grow up through the ranks of the NBA. But to see him to go to Boston, you know, last year he's still trying to figure out. This year he's still trying to figure out. I think the last three, the last three games for the Celtics, I think he found his stride where he wanted to do. He had a clutch bucket last night, mm-hmm. and I think they figured something out with that lineup. I mean, because what well, Jason Tatum was playing awesome. Yep, was it forty-four last night? Need, needed every Curry. one of his buckets, yeah, because of Steph. They needed every one of them 44. The one thing, though, um, about that game last night and this Boston Celtics, I think what hurt them probably the most 
Let's be honest. They don't have a they don't have a center. They have a big man. Uh, I mean, they got Tristan Thompson. They're not using them right. Now. <laughs> right. Tristan is not the same as Tristan. Yeah, he's as, another as, uh, player that's like playoff Tristan. Is is it's a thing. He, during the season, he like lukewarm. Playoffs come. He turned up. He, he play a little different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not starting. Like, put him in the starting lineup. Yeah, I don't even know who they have starting over him. Uh, it ain't. I don't think it's Grant Williams, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's the young kid with the dreadlocks. Um, I'm gonna use name right now. Because today cut Lou Cornett. I think it's Robert Williams the third. I think that's their start. Okay. okay. I think that's um, right. They got Jabari Park. I think in his debut he had what eleven points yesterday. Another guy who I thought was going to be one of those guys, but you know, when he was number one draft pick. I think the last like the last like four to five years, the draft picks, number one draft picks, they've been kind of injury prone, mm-hmm. or just not living to expectations. They playing with that. Um, but the kudos to Jabari Parker for signing a two year deal with the Boston Celtics. If they use him right, because you know he's a post player. They use him right in the post. He can, he can definitely change the game. I'm going to call him – some people might sound crazy, but before the injury, I'm going to call him the poor man's Carmelo Anthony. He got the, got the back – he got the post game. Okay. He got the, the mid-range 15-footer. He don't have mm-hmm. that explosiveness like Carmelo uh, uh, Anthony due to the, sur- the, the knee surgeries. But for a person like a Jabari Parker, if he can give you a consistent 10 to 12 points a night, that's a difference because mm-hmm. that means – a, J- a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown can get that extra blow that they need on the bench. All right, cool. We're gonna stick with Jabari. Now you find him, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart. You know, you know, he hit a clutch shot last night too. But at the same time, he had to check Steph Curry. Out. You know, sometimes you gotta <laughs> give him respect. And with Steph, right. man, the one thing I don't like about Steph, though, he, every time he shoot that three, though, he started dancing. <laughs> I noticed every time he started dancing, he hit threes. Most of his games come up with a up in the L column. The dude's playing phenomenal, like phenomenal mm. basketball. He can be a case nine straight thirty point games. Man, the record. He can make a case for the MVP because they twenty, they had twenty eight wins and twenty nine losses. But I just feel like they had Clay Thompson, they'd be plus. I'm gonna say with Clay Thompson, they'd be plus eleven in the win column. That that would put them right. If they had Clay Thompson, and that put them at plus eleven, that would put them right at thirty. No, that put them at forty. That would put them at forty two games. They'd be in first place. I'm going to get it a long time, but not a long time. The, since the 2010s, a Warriors hater, proud proud of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The way how Steph playing, if they had Clay, man, I got to agree. That's a plus, that's plus 11. Let's put, and they would be in first place. Draymond Green would be playing different. Like he playing just good enough right now. But if they had Clay, he would be playing at another level. Then you got to think about the uh, the young guy, Jay, uh, Wiseman, who, who got hurt. I don't think he would have got hurt if Clay no. was there, and they would be rolling like an officer. They got Andrew Wiggins playing consistent oh, yeah. basketball. It's like a miracle. <laughs> so <laughs> they they would be they would be the Warriors of old or very close to it. Oh yeah, um, as we talking about now, everything heating up. This the bread and the butter now. Heat up to them playoffs. So you got the Los Angeles Lakers. They holding their own since LeBron and AD. Um, Schroeder and, and, and Trez holding it down. Trez, when you look at that, that Lakers team, since Brian been hurt and AD been hurt, 
And, and people say, like, how do the Lakers lose all their games? You know, a lot of their games they lose, they have like 17 plus turnovers in crucial situations. They get like four or five turnovers back to back. But Marcus Hall just got hurt with the pinky, with the pinky injury. I'm still trying to figure out why not using um the Yannis the, Kuma little brother. Because he come in and give you some glimpses of flash what he can do, a defender. Yeah, he energy. He, he got energy. He got that Ante Kuma blood in him. <laughs> PHT, Tyler Horton Tucker. Dude's a little problem for real. Yeah, um, I didn't think he was going to be as consistently. I thought he was going to flame out, but he made. He, he a little bit, he's sneakily explosive. You know, he can get a bucket. Yeah, he's very he's nice athletic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the person that I'm saying have been hurting the Lakers the most since the injuries of those their two stars of AD and Brown, I'm gonna say KCP because he's he's an up and down player. One game he be on, one game I only say off, he'd be like totally off. I'm talking about some games he'd be like over five, like dog, you paid 34 minutes, you over five. Hold <laughs> up, man. I mean. There are certain things that certain players need to step up. Like Kyle Kuzma wants the big money, but he has mm-hmm. to step up. Last couple of games he's been playing big, but you can't pick and choose when you're going to step up. you got to play hard every night. But the person who's been right. rolling for them low-key under the radar, the Los Angeles Lakers, that I've been looking at, is the Morris Twins. I've been like oh. what he be doing. Coming through, hitting clutch threes, everything. Um, yeah, he stay ready. Stay ready. And you can't get mad at something. That's Markeith Morris. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been playing up uh, playing really good. Another person I thought been stepping up for them, too, since they got the trade. I'm going to say Ben McElmore since, okay. since they saw waivers. Yeah. He had a nice game. Andre he Drummond. He been That was his best game that he had so far in the Lakers uniform. Against the Jazz, right. Uh, but the whole – the scary thing is – do you know how easy the game going to be for LeBron? Because we know. Just look at how the way Andre Drummond playing now. Let's be honest. He was half-assed in some of those games. He's hot-dogging it, Marcus. Mm-hmm. So once Brown come back, ain't going to happen. And, uh, 20, he's 27 and 12, man. I don't even like – I don't even feel like that's it. Like you said, that was his best game as a Laker. I don't even feel like he played his hardest in that game. He right. just, that was an easy 27 and 12. Man, they, so now he got to play hard. You gotta go grab rebounds. Him and AD. There should be no reason why AD should be averaging double double. There's this guy's averaging like twenty five and eight. In the Lakers, you know, you, we speak about Philadelphia as being a defense. The Lakers for a, a long stretch of the season. I don't know if they still is. I have to check, but they is a, the number one defensive team. So you add Andre Drummond. Uh, de- you know, defense rebounds is part of defense. You know, you get defensive rebound, offensive rebounds. That's you know, that's defense. He's gonna right. clean that up. You get AD back. He going like their big man game is is strong. You know, three through five is no one in the West or East that can compete with that if they playing you know at a high level. Right. That's scary because <laughs> you know Brian himself. He's a career guy. It's what mm-hmm. twenty seven, what twenty five, seven and seven, something like that. Right. So LeBron James getting seven rebounds a game. You know AD gonna get eight. You got Drummer getting twelve. So there's going to be no rebounds left for the opposing team. They're going to be classing the glass a lot. We talk about second-chance shots now. Mm-hmm. The one thing, too, with Andre Drummond, he got to know when he get that ball, he cannot bring it back down. He got to keep it up and put it in the, in the, in the basket. Yeah, right. Once he do that, man, this team right here is 
it's a scary team, but the team I feel for right now, I'm switching topics. We know what the Lakers are going to do. We know Brown will be back soon. AD can ask to be back within the next couple of days. Now, the team that's probably going to suffer, suffer the most with this injury is going to be Jamal Murray, Marcus. Mm. He got hurt in the closing seconds against the Golden State Warriors. Right. With the Torrey ACL. And now. Wait, now wait, before, team, before you go, I want to. This is something that, that struck me. I feel like when we was growing up, we never rarely heard, well, we rarely heard about a player injuring his ACL. Right. And I swear, since Derrick Rose towards ACL, I mean, every player has it. It's like an ACL tell every year to a, a, a superstar, too. I don't know what's going on, why, why ACLs are, are a thing now, but ACLs and Achilles. I'm going to be honest with you, Marcus. That's in both sports, football mm-hmm. and basketball. I'm going to be honest with you. The first time I heard somebody turn to ACL was Quincy McCall. I love basketball. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he took it back. Right. Dad, look, then you think about it. His dad was like, son, don't go to the draft. You're not ready yet. Your body mm. kept saying your body is not physically mm. mature yet. Right. If you look at most of the guys back in the day, back when Jordan played, you might have like one guy in the league had a torn ACL or MCL. Now they got the MCL, the MCL, the TLC, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Can you say these guys are not weight room warriors? Can you say they don't lift a lot of weights with their legs? You know, you playing basketball Something. with your legs? Something is going on. It's either that um, or uh, like so the Chicago guys, you know, Jabari, Derrick Rose. Mm. Yeah, they play a lot of games, you know, you know, on that, uh, outside. And that is, you know, as we go to learn, that's not good for your knees at all. It's either one or other. It's like too many games too soon, you know, because you also got the AAU. Like they've been playing, what, like 100 games a year since they were like 15. You know, body's just wearing tearing easily on top of them not, you know, doing weight training with the lower body. All that, man, it's just. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because, you know, I'm going to take this guy for instance, Hall of Famer. Soon to, soon to be but soon to be Hall of Famer next month, Tim Duncan. Yeah. He always he swims in the offseason. They right. build up yeah. muscle because you know swimming builds up every muscle. Yeah, it's a, a so full I think body a lot workout. Of, yeah, he got a full body workout. And I think a lot of guys should take a heave to that if you can't swim. Because like you said, Marcus, when you see guys working out, it, they, they never it's always shooting jumpers. <laughs> like right. you don't ever see a guy, you know what, well, straight legs. I'm gonna go run, do a nice little jog. They, they always shoot it. I mean, yeah, you right. got to use except LeBron. Except LeBron, LeBron. he's an exception. <laughs> uh, it's a couple of I mean, it's a couple of other guys that's, that do lay workouts. I see like people like Dwight Howard, a Kawhi Leonard. Now Derrick Rose is doing more work lay workouts. But like you said, Marcus, a lot of these guys, like you said, been playing basketball from the time from elementary through middle school through AAU ranks. Then high school, they play AAU basketball in high school too. Mm-hmm. Then if you if you're really good, guess what? You're gonna travel in the summertime. Your your junior. Your, right. your, your sophomore, junior, and senior season on the road playing basketball, which can lead up to another 30 to 40-something games. And your off-season from high school playing basketball. Now, you go if you go to college, guess what you're doing in college? Mm-hmm. Oh, you leave it early, so you get back into the stride. Now you got another mm-hmm. college system. Your, their legs is not getting that, re- that real proper rest that the body deserves. Like everybody knows the body deserves eight hours of rest. Are these right. guys really getting eight hours of rest? I mean, not consistently during the seasons, no. I, I highly doubt it. 
because everybody also want to get the edge. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to mm -hmm. be the first person in the gym, the last person to leave. I, I think all that is commendable. But like you say, at some point, you got to shut it down. Um, even, you know, right now with the Lakers, you know, AD and LeBron, you know, because of the season, how it was last year, they, they didn't stop playing until July. Uh, I think those guys are truly hurt, but I think the Lakers are giving them extra time so they can get that rest. You just Man, you see what I was about to say. Do you believe LeBron James really had a high ankle sprain? Do you, LeBron, do you, believe, <laughs> do you believe that LeBron was, LeBron was like, all right, man. The Miami Heat, just look at the Miami Heat and the Lakers. We're going to say they played the longest so far. Because after they won a championship, they was had to get ready back, what, a month and a half or two months and a half? Mm -hmm. So right. they probably get that real, that real four to five month, that, that four month rest they normally get. So you're looking like, hey, we got to go back into playing basketball. LeBron James hurt himself. He screamed really loud. He played it mm -hmm. off. And like I said, I never seen LeBron James get hurt. Now he's walking around with no boot on. He's out of the boot early than expected. Right. Do you believe Brian James? Like, you know what? I'm about it. They say he's supposed to be out for four to six weeks. Do you believe he was really injured? Do you believe he just bought time? You know what? We're going to rest up. I feel like my team in good hands. I think my team has enough to go with it, does what it takes. He's seen that. He's seen the Lakers schedule in that middle. Like, you know what? I think I'm going to get injured right here. This is a soft part of our schedule going. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think it's like 50 50. I think it, he was going for the MVP. I think he really was. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I knew it. I think he knew if he got hurt at, at any significance at all, he knew his body. He knew, like, hey, I probably need to shut it down if, if I'm going to try to get another ring, which is more important than another MVP. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he may have uh, tweaked it, he may, you know, it may have something to keep him out, typically a, a game or two. And mm -hmm. now, He's just using it to get the extra rest in. He's going to be fully, fully healthy coming back. And they'll probably time it. So, like you said, AD come back and then one, two games, LeBron's back. And then they're going right. to do it just in time to catch a rhythm. <laughs> now, with all this stuff going around the NBA, and let's be honest, the team that snuck, that snuck back up in a playoff contention, the Memphis Grizzlies. They had a nice win yeah. last night over the, over the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at them, they right there. Uh, another team that snuck their way back in, the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this East as well. Toronto, at the beginning of the season, uh, Marcus Davis at number five. Do you know these guys all the way down to 12? Yeah, so I'm looking at I'm looking at teams jockeying for space. And the team that sticks out to me that nobody's really talking about is that other team that play in New York. The New York Knicks. New York Knicks the Knickerbockers. They in sixth place. 30 wins and 27 losses. That, so you got to speak to that. So they in sixth place. You know, with this year, the playoffs are different. Seven, eight, nine, and ten all get to fight for playoffs. Six, you say. So not only are they making the playoffs, they are safe. They safe. don't even have to do the play in. <laughs> so that's, do, just, that's like a night and day change. Do you consider them? Let me say this. If I didn't give out a war for most improved player, it'd probably be Julius Randle. Okay. By far. Uh, when I look at this New York Knicks team, RJ Barry's playing a little bit better. Julius Randle. He can actually make a case for MVP. It's, it's the Knicks. Um, he's playing. He's playing. 
at an all-time high level. Mm-hmm. He just hit like six threes the other night with 42 mm-hmm. points. And it's so weird that nobody's not talking about the New York Knicks like that. He's almost averaging a triple-double for real. Right. And this is, <laughs> is this supposed to be Stephen A. Smith's team. He barely talk about the Knicks because everything been so far. Philly, Boston. I don't think he want to jinx them. Right. <laughs> New York and down in, in the Utah Jazz. When I'm looking back, I say the New York Knicks. Now, Marcus, the team I've been – I'm going to say Thibodeau got a good case for coach of the year. Probably him were him and, like I said, uh, the coach for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Monty. Monty Williams. And nobody's not talking about Monty Williams. He's already just, they just doing their thing in Phoenix right. in that desert. Charles Barkley talked all that trash. No, they just need to go ahead and sell the team and blah, blah, blah. Chris Paul came over and said, nah, we're going to do this. Changed the whole thing around. He changed the Hey, Chris <laughs> Paul is what you call. If Chris Paul, if you listen to this, man, you are the you are a culture changer. <laughs> Change agent. Right. Like, it's crazy. I'm going to be honest. Chris Paul, we retired. You talk about, we talk about Hall of Fame. That's first ballot. Should be signed, sealed, delivered. As soon as he, he hang it up, like whatever he the next next eligibility date, just just send his name in. <laughs> you know, like they need York, to talk about it. Like New York Knicks, they were six and four. They last, they last, they walked. They had a five game winning streak. So this Knicks team, I like how they play. They hey, they are the number. I think they're the number two, number two, number three defensive team in the league, first and foremost. All right. So they're long. They athletic. Uh, hey, they get especially having Derrick, like especially having man pre-injury Derrick Rose. Rose is a monster. Don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. This Derrick Rose right here is savvy. Uh, he's more tenacious. He takes his time. He's out there right. coaching cats on the floor where they're supposed to be at, and he's hitting big buckets too for the New York Knicks. That's why the Knicks are in the, in the predicament they're in because he played for Thibodeau. He they had it all right. Thibodeau changed the culture. But you're gonna get somebody else out there that speak the Thibodeau language. Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. And, and they got uh was it Taj Gibson? Taj Gibson. Yeah. Another one who he's he's been playing hard for them off the bench. Yep. Very hard. And it, it, it's just a trickle, it's a trickle down effect. When I when I like when I've been seeing from them. And the Washington. Well, I also think they got Moxie too, they rookie. He's a... Uh, I told you about him. I thought he was the rookie of the year. I told you about quickly. I, t- I <laughs> yeah, said, look, oh, quickly, man. Quickly. That's right. I said, I said, look, quickly. man. You're right. <laughs> I said, I like this dude. I said, look, Mark. I said, I'll be on the wear for him, man. Um, no, Tyrese Maxey played for Philadelphia. That's right. Other I, I, I got him switched. Yeah, I got him switched up. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Marcus, man, watch out for my boy quickly, man. I said, look, I, he get buckets, man. Emmanuel quickly. I said, look. I said, Marcus, we, I think he's picking like rookie of the year. I said, look. I said, he's the top three guys to watch. I said, I'm not – at that time, I said, Anthony Edwards is finding himself, but he's in that type of race now. I said, my guys – I didn't believe in James Wiseman. I didn't believe in him. I said, my guys was a mellow ball, Emmanuel quickly, and I told you about Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, yeah, that's another – For the watch Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. I think what the Knicks need to do, I think we need to see a little bit more of Obi topping it. I think he had like his. I think he had one of his best games he had so far in the Knicks jersey. I think he had like fifteen points, like eight rebounds. If you can get that from him more of a consistent basis, I think he'd be legit because they can compare him to Amari Stoudemire. I haven't seen no Amari Stoudemire glimpses mm-hmm. from him yet. So you, you can't compare that, somebody. Nowhere near that. Nowhere close to that. <laughs> right. First year in the league, we know Amari Stoudemire. The first year in his league, he was rookie of the year. 
Right. So I think too now since the what's they getting injured too. Uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his center name? For the uh, Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Since he got injured, he's been out. For, he's going to be out for the season. Nolan's Noel has actually picked up the, the pieces right. as well. But if the Knicks want to make some noise, I need to see more consistency from Reggie Bullock as well. And I think RJ Barry did pick it up a little bit more. And you you got you something. I know what Derrick Rose can do. Alfred Pay is a hit or miss. He's a hit right. miss. <laughs> hit miss. Um, moving right along with the NBA. We're gonna talk about the Clippers before we before we wrap the NBA up. NBA up. Los Angeles Clippers. Marcus, everybody keeps saying this team can make it around for the NBA Finals. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Does this team has enough firepower besides Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to make that push? It's kind of hard to say. Um... Because, you know, from watching the season, you know, uh, Paul George has – he's playing much better, much better than he did last year. Um, so he – just him alone could be enough. Uh, but they don't have that bench no more. No mm. Montrezaro, no Lou Williams. Uh, it's tough. And I think that was like kind of like a secret sauce for the, the past couple years. Lou Williams ain't like – I'm going to say, then you got Ty Lue. Um, who he, he's underrated as a coach because he he can pull some stuff you know he can maneuver some stuff to get guys right. to play better and I think that goes under the radar so I say it's still the jury's still out I want to say yes but you know we've seen this from, before from Clippers <laughs> Clipper teams so I don't know um I know they got the Mer- he's got the, the Rondo um, signing we know what Rondo could mm-hmm. do for you and Rondo we right. trust but so far for the disappointment for the Los Angeles Clippers this year, Ben, um, let's be honest. You signed Luke Kennard, all that money. Eh, ain't been there. Serge Ibaka, ah, and out the lineup with an injury. The reason I know, I got him for fantasy basketball. He's been killing me. Because <laughs> we know with him in the lineup, that's a double-double guy. He's right. been out now for almost – haven't played a game since March 16th or something like that. But he's been out for a whole month with a back injury. How serious is this back injury? Like, how serious is it? Um, now you're talking about back, isn't it? Can't take it lightly. Right. I know Nicholas Batum, he's been stepping up a lot. Patrick Beverly been talking more trash, ain't been doing nothing but getting scorched <laughs> on the offensive end. But the guy who really been stepping up for the Los Angeles Clippers has been Terrence Mann, the rookie. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the not a rookie, but the first-year man out of Florida State. I had the pleasure of watching him pre- um, COVID-19, the ACC tournament. I like his game as upside because he's more of a defensive player to me. I know he can get a bucket. Anybody's over 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six can get a bucket. He's more of a defensive guy. He understands where he used to be on the floor. Uh, but like I said, the thing that's hurting him is Serge Ibaka with the injury. Luke Kennard not showing up. And two, let's be honest, they made this Rajon Rondo uh, uh, signing because you don't know what you're going to get from Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. What missing in action. Get? Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Reggie Jackson is missing in action. Like, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, so man. that's the whole thing you're trying to figure out. What, what this team, if you, like, the whole thing with Reggie Jackson is 
we see what he can do in OKC. You know, we know he didn't, he know he didn't leave with the potential he didn't, in Detroit. But for a person like Reggie Jackson, I just need a solid 15 points. For that. 15 points about five dimes. That would get that's enough to get to where they should be. But I mean, since he got the uh, since he got the specs, he's been playing a little better. <laughs> we can see how long that's gonna last. Right. <laughs> we gonna see how long Paul George is gonna last. You know, I think mm-hmm. Dwayne wasted it uh, this past week. Last week, I'm gonna say, you know, he said, you know, we all heard the thing about you. You know, I talk to you all the time. That everybody can come when you play off beat because you know you don't show up. What's different about this? He said he feel better with the, with, the, with the arms, the shoulders, and whatnot. But Marcus. Okay. Yeah, you feel good now. Which one you get to some playoffs? <laughs> playoffs is <laughs> a playoff piece going to show up. Like, like I, v, you said it before, Marcus. Paul George had to have that real playoff signature game since he left Indiana when he played against the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. He ain't been the same since he dunked on Birdman. Yep, that's that's that's, that's like his long highlight. They you know notice they still show that uh, like to this day <laughs> when they that talk would, about Paul George, they show that. <laughs> And, and that was so crazy, Marcus. That was so crazy. The only thing Paul Jordan had his signature shoot. Yes, he did. That dunk came out when he had his first signature shoot with the with the PG ones. So I'm looking at Paul George. I'm looking like that's crazy because Paul George got traded for Kawhi Leonard on draft night. They're on the same team. So that is crazy. When you're looking at that. No, I take that back. I say that wrong. Paul Paul George is there first, and a year later, they lined up with I think with Kawhi Leonard in the in the draft. Oh, like so they draft. traded a, a pick that became Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I think they, I think I think yeah. Kawhi Leonard got drafted. I'm gonna say 14th, 15th that year. So you're looking at that. So just imagine they had those two back then. You don't know what you got for Kawhi Leonard. Spurs won that deal because out of that trade, you got a Finals MVP in a championship ring out of Kawhi Leonard. And I think it's, it's what, third or fourth. I think it's fourth year at that time. So the whole thing is, can, let's be honest, can Kawhi Leonard stay healthy too? Because, you know, he's been kind of in and out the lineup as well. So So he's somebody I think, um, like, he got it figured out. Like, similar to LeBron James, he got it figured out. So in the season, you know, just how, you know, how to pace himself, unless some freak happened, you know, like that Warriors series where he rolled his ankle, you know, pretty bad. Uh, I think he got to figure out when the playoffs come, he'll be healthy enough to to last four rounds if they even get four rounds. I, I can believe that. I'll take that. I'll definitely take that. Let's, um, we're going to talk about one more basketball team. Let's talk about the Washington Wizards and their leader in scoring in the NBA, um, Bradley Beal. That team right now won four, they won four straight out of the last 10. They right now, they're basically tied. For the tenth place, they sit in eleventh place, and they tie with Chicago. Right. We know it's. I want to say, I think, yeah, I think it's like sixteen or fifteen games left, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Does this Wizard team have enough to sneak into the playoffs? Man, you, if you'd asked me three days ago, I would have said no. <laughs> but uh, Russell Westbrook has been consistently playing like OKC Westbrook to the point Man. where I think. If they make the playoffs, the play-in tournament is is going to be a situation. It's going to be a situation. It's going to be a situation. Just say for instance, Russ is playing. He playing right. hard now. The playoff play of the game look like this right now, Marcus. As today, just let's say hypothetically, the Bulls drop down, but they're going to be without Zach Levine probably because of COVID protocols. Protocols. 
if this say Washington sneak up and they get that 11 spot, the playoff games are going as Miami, going to be a problem for somebody, mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornets, the Pacers, and the Wizards. Now, the playoff team, the team that I don't think nobody want to play in that, to be honest with you, are the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. Nobody's not talking about them, but they lost their last three games in a row. I think that's another team, too, fight with identity as well because you don't know what they, you're going to get from them. I think the biggest part about the Miami Heat is Gordon Dragic is getting injured again. I think it may be time to part ways with him and go all in on Kendra and none. But nobody want to face on Washington Wizards. If you got if you got Bradley Beal going for 30, and you got Russell, Russell playing like old OKC. Okay, triple dub, bro. Triple doubles <laughs> with no lettuce? Come on, man. They, they ain't letting up, man. They ain't letting up. They not letting up. I, I think I'm starting it well. I don't know about the whole team, but I think Russell Westbrook definitely saw the, the new playoff scheme. Like, all, all we got to do is be in 10th place. I'm going to take my time, and we're going to play good enough to make the 10th seed. And then from there, you know, it's, it's just like the NCAA tournament now. Like, if, as long as you're in the, in the tournament, you got a chance. Right. And two, Marcus, on, on top of that, He's back with Scott Brooks. You no, know, I, I watched their last couple of games, Marcus. He's actually hitting that 15 footer again from the free throw line. I'm looking at yo. Man, he's like, like okay, see I'm, Russ. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Russ is back, y'all. It might be a problem. <laughs> hey, he dunking old cats, give him the ugly face. You know, one thing about Russell Westbrook, he's a Hall of Famer now. He's a Hall of Famer to me. Right. Just because what he do, man. That dude plays. You know, somebody's like, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna go 110. Oh man, Russell Westbrook's gonna be like 200 percent Right. Brandon this is about to be his second season as a triple double. Like just that alone. Like since Oscar Robertson is Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, the ever average triple double. I think that on top of everything else, it's just like, like you said, he's a sure, sure all of famer. And if he get they make a run with the Wizards, he's further solidifying. All right. I'm gonna switch this topic now from basketball to baseball. We know basketball is our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Baseball. We know, um, what's his name? Hank Aaron passed away, right? Yep. A couple, uh, probably about a couple of weeks ago. And the All-Star game was supposed to be in Atlanta, his hometown. He played for like Atlanta Braves too as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of players voted it out that they should have an All-Star game in Atlanta. I said, come on. We just seen one city get robbed for the All-Star game in the NBA, which is the uh, – the Indiana Pacers, they were supposed to be this year's host for the right. All-Star game. So we know the All-Star game is up next in Cleveland. So now they moved the all I, said, I believe they moved the All-Star game to a, from a from Atlanta. I forgot where it's somewhere in the West Coast. I don't think I think it's Denver or something like that, whatever. But you moved that All-Star game, and you know Hank Aaron just passed away. I thought it'd been cool that okay, Hank Aaron passed away, you know, rest in peace so my condolences gone to his family. All right. That would have been another way to honor him in his hometown, uh, the team that he played for. Like, they could have some, like, you know what? So the baseball players, baseball players using their numbers on the back of the jersey, they could put Hank Aaron number on the back of their jersey showing that type of salute. And, you know, I just feel like it was a slap in the face to the family because with the COVID stuff going on, I thought that'd have been a cool way too, but not only did not hurt the family. Let's, talk, let's think about the small business people, that small business owners in, in a city like Atlanta, 
That's how they make their living. To take that all-star thing away, I think it might have something to do with the NBA all-star game. People talk cars yeah. coming up missing all that stuff. That might be another way, but I just can't believe they voted out. How do you feel about that situation, Marcus? Um, no, since the players voted it out, I don't it is it, you know, that's one thing. Um, because if if they they felt it, you know, it was more appropriate to have it another time, cool. Um, but they just take it away from Atlanta, period. That uh, you know, where Hank Aaron's passing that, like you said, that's a missed opportunity. Like, even though they voted it out, yeah, hey, but you can still reschedule it to have it back in Atlanta, you know, to you know, do something special for Hank Aaron. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, it's a missed opportunity. If if it was like the uh, owners who voted it out, you know, I think mm-hmm. that would be more of an outrage um, because, you know, they they have time. They know the significance. The players are thinking about themselves. Uh, but it's definitely a missed opportunity to honor, you know, a legend, a home run champ. Um, you know, he's even though uh, his record's broke, I still consider him the home run champ. Mm-hmm. Just because of the whole steroids era, you know, you know, we know Hank Aaron did it, you know, all natural. So everybody know, if you don't know, the commissioner of MLB is a rod man for it. So I think one of the main players that was up against the, the, the vote in the move to the All-Star game was a brother. Okay. Jason, I think his name is Jason Hayward, if I'm not mistaken. One um, of the few uh, just African-American right. baseball players. A lot of uh, baseball players of color, but it's not a lot of just black baseball players they're, they're very rare in the sport right. and I feel like by him being an African-American I thought he would understand like yo let's keep the all-star game here but you voted out Hank Aaron and other guys before you is the reason why you can lace them up and get dirty on the field right I feel like if I had that, that right name Jason Hayward I feel like you just bleeped on the whole Hank Aaron situation. I mean, yeah, and then like, to, to take it from like you know NBA, you know LeBron, uh, the players they didn't want to play in the All Star game, um, but they still had it. You know, Chris Paul, you know he was he's a president. He still felt like they should have had it. You know, to honor right. NBC, you no, know, uh, historically black colleges, right, and. That that kind of ties in with this whole Hank Aaron thing because, like you said, he's a, a one of the first African American, um, you know, baseball players that had that statue, you know, home run king from Atlanta. It's like mm-hmm. it's fitting, it, you know, all that fits Atlanta, you know, for you know, uh, you know, Black History Month, all that stuff, you know, with Martin Luther King is all kind of ties back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect time to, to honor Hank Aaron. Yeah, and it was and it was Jason Hayward. He's the Cubs outfitter. So, not seeing that, I was like, "Come on, man!" Like, <laughs> he should have been one of the guys. He's one of the few black guys, like you said, or African American males that play MLB all in MLB. I feel like he should be one of the guys that say, "You know what? Hey, t- hey, guys, let's get together. Let's do this for Hank. Let's send him off the right way." Let's get this game going. Let's play for him. Then do it. Then do it. <laughs> so they're right there. As Charlemagne the guy was saying, you get donkey today. Um, <laughs> we know NBA views are down. 
and I'm gonna get into this mm-hmm. NBA, the WNBA markets. I I'm gonna be honest with you. I watch like I watch the WNBA. I watch all sports. So I sit down and watch the WNBA, and I feel like the women should get paid more. I disagree with Dr- Draymond Green said about how they complain. He said, I'm not, I don't I don't remember the quote for quote. He just said they complain too much. He just told them to be just play basketball. Like y'all gonna get your money when y'all get your money in due time. You saying that because you have a shoe contract. Your okay. owner's a billionaire. <laughs> Third, your contract is you could you you pretty much can pay with Draymond Green contract. He can play probably about the whole WNBA league or the whole team mm. roster. Right. You got guys in the NBA <laughs> who's not even good enough to touch the floor, Marcus, is making ten, $10 million dollars. More money than the best WNBA player. And you got these women out here to for them to make extra money, Marcus, which is crazy. I look at the Candace Parker. They got to do a lot of stuff. They got to go on TV Mm -hmm. to to pick up some extra money. They got to go, like you said, Marcus, they got to go overseas. And the the reason I brought this topic up, because I just feel like if you add more teams, if you add about more teams to the WNBA, and to not add WNBA teams to cities that don't have like professional teams. Yeah, that that's like college team. You know, you know, we talked about this before. Uh, NCAA women's gets far more, um, you know, viewership than the WNBA. Yeah, because a lot of the teams is you know in places that don't have full team. You know, Connecticut, one of the best women programs out there. They don't have a professional team. So they do. They got the, I think they got the Connecticut Sun. They do. Yeah. No. I okay. Got, I, think, I think they got the Connecticut Sun out there. If not, they probably moved that team because you know every they five years a WNBA team. <laughs> so let me, let me validate that. But they don't have a, a professional NBA team, right? That's so. That's like that's okay. So I'm gonna switch around. That's like a perfect fit for what you're saying. If they don't have a, a professional NBA team, they got a college team, you know, it's probably a good fit to put a, a women's professional team there. Right. Tennessee is another. That's another good program. There is no professional NBA team, but you can have a, a professional women's team there. Right. Like, trying to get that fan base, that the Vols Tam fan base, you know, to pitch in and, you know, was well, not pitching, but to kind of grab them in to watch some of the WNBA. Right, and I was looking too. Like, if they say they add four more teams to the WNBA, because right now I believe it's what twelve teams. And if you add four more teams, I'll put a team in, in places like Oklahoma. You got a men's team there. You can put a team in. I'm gonna say Alabama. In the Alabama has no professional team. They diehards down there. They literally diehard. Like right, Marcus, mm-hmm. I went to Alabama with my wife and her family reunion. Everything in, in Tuscaloosa, they have a road tie gas station, a road tie grocery store, a road tie barber shop. You know, they own road tie restaurant. So just imagine if you get them a professional team. Because everybody in Alabama is, is road tie. It's road tie or die. Yeah, and there's Auburn fans down there, but I ain't never seen nothing like that. Everywhere you go, it's that crimson, that crimson and cream everywhere you go. It's the, it's the same way in um you know, a place I lived for a long time, Columbus. 
Mm-hmm. When, when college football starts, it's crimson and cream everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like, even at work, they, they let you wear wear Ohio State stuff. It's, Scarlet and gray. It's go, it's go Bucks, Buckeyes. I right, said crimson and cream. Scarlet and gray. <laughs> yeah. right. So I'm looking at places they could put teams at. Alabama's a good choice, Marcus. Man, you know how much money they make in Alabama off those people? Uh, Alabama. I love the one you said, a, t- a WNBA basketball team in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But if you look what the NBA, look what the NBA doing right now with the Toronto Raptors, how they got them playing in Tampa, right? Right. A lot so they got fans, a lot of people show up to those games. So do you believe that the NBA might be playing around and see how this is what fans be like in Tampa? We know we have we know we got fans in Orlando and Miami. That's probably the, that's probably the northern part of Florida. I thought if they were smart enough. They could have put the, the Toronto Raptors in Seattle just to play around. Just, let's put them back in Seattle and see what yeah, happens. That, that was the move, I think, to Seattle. I mean, it, it's a it's very close to another former um, NBA team, Vancouver. You know, right. so it used to be a team in Vancouver. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies used to be Vancouver Grizzlies, and then you also had the Seattle uh, SuperSonics. Those were prime areas, and I think they. They can also be prime areas for the WNBA as well. I don't know if Seattle has a WNBA team. They do. The Seattle, the, the, uh, the Seattle Storm. They just won it, uh, the WNBA championship last year. Championship. All right. That goes to show you I don't watch that much WNBA. I'm one of those people. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, no, all good. Um, and Tampa is a – you know, because they, they just won a Super Bowl for football. Right. Um, so, you know, they like sports down there. Um. And because so to take it back, so I like when the WNBA first started, I actually did watch a lot of WNBA. Why? Because the Cleveland Cavaliers had the Cleveland Rockers and they were actually very good. So I watched a lot of WNBA because we had a team. And Mm -hmm. I think putting it in places, you know, like we're speaking of, we'll have other people, boys and girls, watching more WNBA because there's a team to represent their city. And you know, I live in a city that had it. I used to have a uh, a WNBA team: Charlotte Steen, Adrian mm-hmm. Stinson, and Dawn Staley. That right. team is no longer. Uh, the Houston Comets. The, uh, that team has more WNBA champions than anybody. That mm-hmm. team is no longer. You got mm-hmm. rid of Sacramento Monarchs, Tina Pinatero. That team is no longer. Uh, um, uh, Bolton Holyfield played for them. There's a couple of teams there that's no longer. The, the Utah Stars. They're, they're 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 not here no more. I just feel like. I see everybody want to invest into to baseball teams, soccer clubs. We talk about some of the NBA guys. I'm about to I'm about I'm about to put the heat on some of the NBA guys. Why some of y'all put y'all the like Dwayne Wade became ownership of the Utah Jazz. Never played for Utah. Probably never, Utah. <laughs> never been there for more than his NBA stay while so, he's playing. <laughs> right, and Marcus, why not? You, you y'all got money. You talk about y'all y'all support the WNBA? Why don't y'all start another – y'all got enough money? Hey, let's bring in four more teams. I can be the chairman for this team. Right. Or you, talking or, about you just, or you can just outright own a team. Oh, yes. Own a WNBA team. Exactly. You know what? I think an NBA superstar would have did that, you know, about NBA team. I think they would get more – like, they, they got the players. Don't get it twisted. Right. The whole thing the, – the, the, like, let's be honest, WNBA – their season start around Memorial Weekend. I think this year they play Marcus. They start May 14th. So these guys are starting 
literally four days before the NBA playoffs. Now, and my Stephen A. Smith voice, how in the hell are they supposed to compete with that? <laughs> not, not in the early part of the season, no. Definitely not. I mean, it's similar. I mean, if you think about the NBA, they, they start like um, shortly after, was it? Well, this year. Ah, uh, yeah, that's not a good example because this year was different. Like they started very close to, you know, the NFL. You had to compete with the NFL. And then once the NFL playoffs start, a lot of those viewers who be watching NBA just leave. Like they stop watching this to watch the NFL playoffs. Right. And it's crazy because, like I said, the WNBA season starts on May 14th. The NBA playoff play in start on the 18th, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking about that's May. When that start, when the playoffs start, people to more, more baseball. So they compete with baseball. WNBA compete with baseball, right? NBA. The NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. NASCAR, golf, tennis. Maybe the viewers are, even though viewers depending are, on the year, Olympics. Uh, yeah, the Olympics. The Olympics. It's going to be a year for the Olympics. So yeah. you're looking at where when their season but really started getting the height of their season, Marcus. We be we talk about the midway. We talk about the midsummer class of, of baseball. Baseball mm-hmm. all star game up there after baseball break. What happened? Teams start jockeying for playoff space. Then too, what I don't like about how they do the WNBA schedule. Only one game come on a week on national mm-hmm. TV. <laughs> disrespectful. It's disrespectful. The women play just the hardest the guys, if not better, because the. Uh, one thing I like about the WNBA, all that girl, all the women, I don't call them girls, that these are grown professional women. All these women on these teams play. Play hard too. I mean, like another, I was gonna say another perspective is, you know, we talk about adding teams. There's some people out there advocating that cut down teams to put more talent, you know, on fewer teams. Nah. Nah, add more teams. If you got if you got a lot of talent, just think about it. the average woman that. That that didn't get, say the one say I just watched the WNBA draft. The women that don't get drafted, Marcus, they don't have a G, they don't have a WNBA G League team. Where do they go? They go straight overseas. They, where they probably gonna get paid more than some of the people who made the WNBA. <laughs> exactly. So, like I said, you have about four or five more teams, Marcus. Guess what? The playing field will be even. You won't see the same. You won't see the same teams in the playoffs. You won't see the Sparks, the Fever. The storm. These are the same teams that I've been seeing. The, the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces. These are some of the same teams I've been saying in the playoffs for the last three or four years. You're not getting a you're not getting a mix up. And like uh mm-hmm. last year, I think the worst team last year, the WNBA, was the Dallas Wings. I think they won like four games, like out of 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, just just I'm just putting out ideas here. Or they can have it um well soccer is not quite like that, but no, the soccer here in the states, the the it's picking MLS up, is it's picking up. They started off very similar to the WNBA. Not a lot of people watch them. Um, m- mainly, when you watch soccer, you watch you know the Euro leagues. Uh, like I said, women's basketball is very similar. They go overseas to get paid more, where there's more viewership for women basketball overseas. I think what MLS is doing is like a good um, framework. For the WNBA, you start off in, in small cities. It's a MLS team in Columbus, Ohio. They don't have no other professional team. 
But when they won the championship, everybody that that could go went to that to that game. And then it, every year they got more and more people to support the crew. That's right. the, the name. So I think what we're saying is a good a way to do it. You get it in small cities where the fan base can grow the league. Marcus, now this. Do you do you think the WNBA get marketed? They don't get marketed right. Their marketing is horrible. But no, I, I rarely see get, commercials for them. Marcus, they got all. talent. They got they got <laughs> household names on their teams. Like you got a Candace Parker. Like, I don't see Brittany her in, in you got nowhere a near Bird. enough commercials. I can name Angel McCartney. I can keep going and going on Asia. I can keep going on and on about these women that play on these teams. Like the exposure they get is is nowhere close to the NBA. You don't see WNBA players with a Gatorade commercial like a Serena Williams. She plays she plays tennis. Like right. you don't see them out there. Like you don't see too many WNBA players out there with their own signature shoe like a Cheryl Swoops had and Cynthia Cooper had back in the day. You don't oh, see too. that. I mean, and, and some of the players you named definitely deserve a, a signature shoe. Um, Tennis Park had a signature shoe. I forgot about Tennis. You know, uh, speaking of which, now it's coming back to me. Breon Stewart, championship, uh, Seattle team. Right. I mean, Stewie Cole, she deserves a shoe. Simone Augustus. With the links. Simone like, Augustus. With the links. I mean, Maya Moore, when she was playing, like, mm-hmm. like, where is the like? Even though she's Team Jordan, she's probably one of the few of the ladies besides her and Candace Parker that have their own senior shoes. That's two out of how many women though. The WNBA girls, when stop calling them girls, the WNBA women are wearing a guy's shoe. Where can they get that signature shoe? Because women play the young women, the young athletes in high school, college, and middle school, and whatever primary school markets they play sports just like the men do. Right. I'm gonna tell you one thing before we go to the subject. I'm in New York. This is your RJ Barry got got drafted. I took a picture when I met him. So me and my wife, we upstairs, we walking around. I, you know, I bought all things with any sports. So we go upstairs. So I'm like, we're the WNBA section. She says upstairs in the corner. <laughs> so you go up the escalator, Marcus. Kid you not, it's smack dead on the right side of the floor, in the corner. So you go up the escalator. Guess where it's next to? The stock room. A little, <laughs> excuse my language, a little ass corner. With none, they got the jerseys there. It's not enough jerseys. They don't have enough paraphernalia like the NBA. If this supposed to be the, we know it's the NBA store. It's like somebody said, you know what? This is WNBA stuff. That's all we got. It's like going into your mom's closet. That's their stuff. <laughs> Disrespectful. I was like, man, that's crazy. That's, that, that's WNBA. They stuff is tucked in the way. If it's gonna be that small, if you're gonna have it as a big deal that small, the women's you should have the women's stuff downstairs and that mm-hmm. on the right side of the store. They're not marketing it the WNBA. I'm not speaking enough for the women, they not marketing for it. Mm-hmm. I can't I mean, you I gotta put, you gotta throw money into it. Like you right. gotta throw money into it. So when you get there, Marcus, you go to the WNBA store, Toronto. So who are the NBA champion is? Their stuff is on main display. Mm-hmm. So you got your the champion in there. That's what after the Raptors won a championship. That stuff was there. You got the other team that's running up. That stuff on the other side. You go upstairs, there's more stuff. You go on the other floor. You're like, damn, this WNBA, that's it? That's it? <laughs> so second. the last WNBA, they had their jerseys up there, some keychains, some Lego key, some Lego winning blocks, 
some WNBA socks and a purse. <laughs> that's it. That's that's terrible. I mean, it should be more jerseys, if anything. Now, you should have a jersey from each team at the least. And I doubt they had that based on what you're saying, because that, that section would not be big enough to have a jersey. Just, we said this is, New York, this is New York City. The mm. largest, we got some of the most people in the world is there. And the market was mm. terrible. So I'm, WNBA, y'all got support for me. I watched the games. I was mad because I went up there. I was going to buy a jersey for myself and put it in my man cave. But this is it? This is all the jerseys you have? Oh yeah, this is it. Y'all had like six girls, six women up there. Y'all have a league of twelve. Candace Parker was up there. For sure, I was there. Her jersey yeah, be was a up there. Service not to have Candace Donna Parker, Tarazzi. Donna Tarazzi, Simona. Gutt- if you don't got, if they didn't have any of those jerseys. That's a disservice. Like the, so fa- now, the true faces of the league. I don't want to say no names, but I asked them. A young man, it's like this. All the NBA, WBA, he said, "Yeah, man, it's just that's what they got. The market is just terrible." I said, "I know. Look where y'all got it at. Y'all got it in the back of the corner by y'all stock room. <laughs> so when it's time to get rid of that stuff, you, you just take it off the hangers and throw it in the box. Say, box mm-hmm. and let's go." <laughs> all right, Mark. Since so we talk about the WNBA, we touched on the NBA and some baseball stuff. Let's talk about Cleveland's own Jake Paul knocking out a USC fighter. First, it was Nate Robinson. Now it's the UFC fighter. He, he, he moving up the ranks. Man, what? How do, like, he moving up the ranks. We're looking at a, a – I'm not even call Jake Paul an athlete. We've got a YouTuber going out there training with Floyd Mayweather and knocking out professional athletes, not no scrubs, some creme de la creme guys. I thought he was supposed to fight Floyd. Uh I think or, he said he didn't fight Floyd. Floyd ain't gonna okay. waste his time. Okay. <laughs> He's knocking out creme de la creme guy. Creme de la creme. Knocked out Nate Robinson. Knocked out the UFC guy, which is he's, the UFC guy's a grappler. I don't know if he hit to him. He's a grappler. Like Jay Paul, man, he are trying to get that. He are trying to get that bag, Marcus. Knocking guys out though. I think he earned his professional title. I think he got the, He's a professional boxer now. Wow, I'm, I'm he, looking it up. <laughs> like the what he did to Ben, like man, it was unbelievable. Like y'all, then Jake Paul, a guy who runs around on YouTube that does crazy antics, he's getting out the ring and knocking people out in the first round, Marcus. And you know, so I'm I'm doing research right now on the spot. So he went to Westlake. He did participate in sports in Westlake mm-hmm. City. So. So he he has some athletic ability. <laughs> right before I start watching y'all. He, so he has a personality. So that's like, you know, we just talk about the WNBA marketing. Mm-hmm. His his personality is selling himself and now he's backing it up in the ring. <laughs> and let me tell you what's so funny though, Marcus. When you pull up Jake Paul on me on Google. They got him associated with, of course, his brother. Logan Paul, another yeah. YouTuber. <laughs> the guy he got on last night, Ben Asprey. <laughs> like, Nate and Ben would ever go down. Like, like. can you imagine right. Jake Paul telling his kids, like, like, Dad, what you should do for a living? Yeah. Well, I was, I'm, a, I'm a YouTuber uh, <laughs> sensation. 
And she's like, I write to be watching NBA TV, Nate Robinson dunk contest. Yeah, I'm not giving up. Not fun. But no, you didn't do that. Pull it up. Pull it up. Sure enough. It's so crazy that he knocked these guys out. You know, people also searched. Like, you don't want to be associated with that. Like, right. you search Jake Paul. Well, other people are searching Nate Robinson, and then you look it up, like, because he got locked out wild. <laughs> and it's so funny, though. I'm looking at Jake Paul. You know, his net worth is uh, worth 11, 11, five, $11.5 million. He don't need like, the box. Know. He don't need to. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, you know, he did play on some Disney stuff. Disney Channel on Bizarre on Bizarre Bart as Dirk Man for, for two seasons. He got a total of two fights. He's a cruiserweight. Then I look over on Instagram, no, on Instagram or Twitter. He puts Nate Diaz gets knocked out in three. So he's already <laughs> calling that calling shots that he wanna fight <laughs> Nate Diaz. I don't know if he's gonna be Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz is a, is a warrior boy. He go he go he go in when he be boxing. But say if he did be the Nate Diaz. I mean, you're gonna, you really gonna have to start taking him serious. <laughs> like right now, we joking about him. We joking about him. Yeah, but we, if he beat Nate Diaz. No, we joking about him. Now listen to this, Marcus. The guys that was training, right? They always mm-hmm. talking smack about him. Nate Robinson. I'm gonna knock his ass out. Uh, ben, I'm gonna knock him out. Jay and, Parker and, said and nothing. Another, and another thing is, he, he gonna have to start. He gonna have to put a leg. Because Nate Diaz, Brenner, who he just fought, the MMA guys, Nate, he fought Nate Robinson in, in a square, in a ring. That's boxing. So he's going to have to book, he wanted to pick a lane. Because we saw Conor McGregor, you can't do both. Those are different techniques you've got to learn. Like you can't be boxing all, you know, straight through an MMA fight exactly. and then get kicked in, and kicked in the head. That's not going to work. <laughs> right. Because I'm looking at this, like you said, you got to pick a lane. And with Jake Paul, I'm going to say this. I think when he's training, I think he's taking it very serious. Yeah, for sure. Well, you can, you can see that. Like his he's body taking it real serious. Because yeah. his body his, his body didn't tone up a little bit more. He was right. hitting the weights and all that. I think something after they want to begin, they looking at him like, it's a YouTube, <laughs> it's a YouTube guy. It's a Disney guy. Right. But at the end of the day, Marcus, if you can fight, you can fight. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. He put the gloves on just like they did. Now, Nate Robinson, you guys take that ball on court. Being <laughs> Football, basketball. That, that's his right. name. And track. He ran track, too. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, stay in the UFC ring, man. <laughs> like, Jake is for real, y'all. I'm going to say yeah, he's for real. Take, once he get that I, first one. I need one, one more fight. I need one more fight. One more fight? Before I say, before I say he's for real. One more fight, Marcus? One more fight. Um, Now, We've been off for a while, getting everybody caught up to speed with things. We got the uh, eBay Hall of Fame coming up. Michael Jordan will be the guest speaker for Kobe Bryant. Kobe B. Bryant. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to him. Um, everything, all our condolences still go out to Vanessa. Still can't believe it right to this day when I we used to turn the TV mm-hmm. on. They show Kobe highlights. And the first thing that comes to my head, like, man, Kobe's man, really gone. Like, he's not even alive. Like, you would never right. thought you'd be saying that. Right. When you look in, like the speech, I'm I'm gonna know what MJ gonna write about Kobe. I, I think um like MJ's own introduction to the Hall of Fame is gonna be notable 
because with his own one, he was very genuine. He held no punches. Yeah, and I, I think he's gonna be the same with, with Kobe. I think we're gonna get some nuggets in this speech, but it's gonna be in a more uh, like this is my this is my little brother, like and y'all really didn't know how close we was type of speech. Exactly, he's going in. He's going in with some big names. Uh, mm-hmm. Tamika Catchings, WNBA player, WNBA champion of the Indiana Fever. She's my favorite WNBA player. Um, Tim Duncan, the most underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Superstar is going to Hall of Fame. Five rings, one of them in this, one of them in the, the same, same year. Huh? Was that the same year? No, or Tim Duncan came out before Kobe. Uh, Tim Duncan came out in nine. Kobe came out in '97. Duncan came out in '98, '99 season. Okay. Because remember, Tim Duncan, they want remember his first year in the league. They had the lockout. Remember, he went oh, yeah, the, the yeah, first yeah. NBA championship. Yeah. They beat the Knicks right. in four games to one. The you know the famous LJ game, just that corner three mm-hmm. in the garden. Mm-hmm. He threw up that. He threw up the LJ, but the next game they sent him home with an L. Um, mm. Tim Duncan is one of the most underappreciated superstars in the league. He don't get that talk about because he don't have that flair, but he got the job done. Uh, another person going in with uh, Kevin Garnett, my favorite player, uh, the old Houston Rockets coach Rudy T. Uh, it's some it's some players in there that's going in. I just like this one, this tribute right here, because we all knew Kobe's going into the Hall of Fame. And right. we would love to hear we had to say he was still here. Um, I just want to end that on that note. Anything, anything you want to add, Marcus, before we leave the show? Um, I'm gonna say this: we, uh, I'm in the works. We gonna have a website coming soon. We gonna okay. be all, you know, we got the t-shirts. We, you yes, know, we sir. got the cups. We got the cups. You know, we about to be all the way official pretty soon. So y'all stay tuned to that. We gonna, I'm gonna, you know, me and Tay, I was saying myself Tay first, and then we'll announce it on the pod. Y'all go continue to support us. Appreciate it. You know, this is After Hours Live from the Man Cave. I'm your host, Tay Wiggs. It's your co-host, Mark Seen. We out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.